Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Film for Fans podcast, your home for movie news, reviews, and movie fan views. This is the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Dunleavy, and joined by the medical scrub wearing Rob Dunham. Very nice. Got off the shift of the chiropractor's office, so. Oh, yeah. Wild day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Ah, well, it's, it's good to... Uh, it's good to have all of our audience here. It's good to talk to you, Rob, about movies. Uh, do us a favor. Like the podcast, rate, and subscribe. If you do, you too can wear scrubs like Rob Dunham. Yes, stylish. And we do mean like, 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 like emotionally, but also like by clicking like the like button on, yes. on the place where you can do that. Yes. So, yes. Yes, because love is shown through actions, Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Ah, we got an excellent show for you here. Uh, we're going to talk about box office results. We are going to dive into some great 80s action series. And we will, of course, do our watch list. All right, let's get started. Uh, box office results. Uh, Eternals takes over the box office reigns. That's right. Eternals took home $71.3 million to earn the top spot in the box office, uh, dominating the box office, really, because number two was Dune at 7.8. And followed by number three, No Time to Die at 6.0, Venom 2 at 4.5, and Ron's Gone Wrong at 3.6. All right, Rob. What, what do you make of eternal box office results? Uh, I went, I, I am part of the box office results for Eternals. Um, so I think that, uh, well, we, we'll talk, I'll probably talk more about it in my uh, watch list comments, but I felt like it was more of a like high concept, broader view kind of movie than Marvel has maybe done. So far, so I do think that like the star power of some of the people who are in it pulled people in. It's like Angelina Jolie was in it, and etc. I think helps drive people to the movie. Um, I think I might be, I might be a little surprised how well it did. Um, Just because it was like so, it's Marvel, but it's like this brand new, completely different, nobody has heard of it kind of property. Yeah, but to be fair, like that's that same description would apply to Guardians of the Galaxy before it came out. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess just the Marvel name itself is enough to get people to come out to the theater to check out the newest one. Yeah, and uh, it did make less money than the previous two Marvel releases during the pandemic. Black Widow made eighty, and um, and Shang Chi. Uh, I think it was like 78 or 76 or something like that. Uh, so it did come in third of the Marvel movies in terms of pandemic. But I think, yeah, you have just established a brand for Marvel at this point. Anything else uh, stick out to you? Uh, just uh, it's clear that um, like Dune and Venom um, have some staying power. Obviously not massive amounts of money but they're still making a decent amount of money still being out in the theater so 
it's nice to see some of those things continuing. And um, hopefully we'll just see more and more good movies coming out and not delayed and actually releasing when they say they're going to. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Release the movies. Yes, release the movies. Release the movies. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's box office from this past week. Um, next up is a couple movies that are coming out this week. And those movies are... Clifford the Big Red Dog, based on the famous children's uh, books. Belfast, directed by Kenneth Braga. And I'm going to throw in the French Dispatch here because it actually came out a few weeks ago, but it's getting a wider release as of uh, this weekend. Um, so let me just give you... Sorry, I'm getting some weird background feedback. And I don't know why. Yes. I don't know what what's up with that. Okay. That's weird. Um anyway, we'll just try to proceed and I'll see what I can do about it. Um anyway, uh so to give you a, a breakdown um of those specific movies, uh Belfast. Uh, is directed by Kenneth Braga, who is uh, much more well-known as an actor, played Poirot in uh, Murder on the Orient Express. He was also the bad guy in Tenet. Uh, but this is a story of a young boy in a working-class family experiencing the tumultuous late 60s in Northern Ireland. And this is a movie that I believe is shot in black and white. Uh-huh. Interesting. And you, of course, have Clifford, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, a young girl's love for a tiny puppy named Clifford makes the dog grow in enormous eyes. Aww. Uh, and you have the French Dispatch. Uh, this is yet another Wes Anderson movie. And the plot here is a love letter to a journalist set in an outpost of American newspaper. In a fictional 20th century French city, it brings to life a collection of stories published in the French Dispatch magazine. Rob, those are your options. What are you intrigued by? Uh, I'm actually intrigued by all of them for different reasons. Um, Kenneth Branagh is one of my uh, favorite actors, I think, and to see him uh, directing something is cool. Um, it's in my favorite version of Hamlet. He's as you said, the bad guy in Tenet. Uh, he's pretty broadly versed in playing different kinds of roles. And this movie, I saw the trailer for it before Eternals. Mm. And it looks very like a period piece, like very, um, I guess, more serious cinema, if you want to call it that kind of feel. So I'm interested in seeing that. It is about um, like the riots in Ireland. And, and all that and how a kid deals with it and how his family wants to move to America. Um, I'm also interested in the French Dispatch. Uh, 
he's my one he's our hammer again um, and i'm gonna see clifford the big red dog tonight because i have kids so we're gonna we're gonna go watch clifford the big red dog and hang out with emily elizabeth a little later tonight I think you're break. Can you hear me at all? Can you hear me? All right. Hang on a second here. I'm also intrigued by the French dispatch because I just love Wes Anderson. I love his whole style. And um, he's probably one of my favorite directors, I would say, up there with Christopher Nolan and Guillermo del Toro, the, maybe my top three. So I'm always interested when a new Wes Anderson movie comes out. So I'll definitely be checking that out as well. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Wes Anderson is excellent. And I did a little monologue about that podcast uh, by myself a couple weeks ago, but I'm really intrigued to see this. I, I I moved to a different house, so I haven't been able to get out to theaters. And so I'm getting a backlog of movies I really want to see. So I have to spend the next week like going to the theater and watching movies. Um, I still haven't seen Eternals yet, so I need to do that. But uh, I'm definitely most intrigued by the French Dispatch, I believe. Okay, so that's uh, that's a little bit of our box office update. Make sure you go out and check out the theaters this week it, there is it really is a lot of options out there right now so there's no excuse not to get out and go watch a movie have some fun go see a movie enjoy your time all right well let's move on to our discussion and uh this discussion is brought up uh by a an article that just recently came out uh sylvester stallone is releasing a ultimate director's cut of rocky four Yes, it's called Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago, the ultimate director's cut. Uh, so this will be out uh, today, actually, Friday the 12th. It, it comes out today. Uh, this movie took place originally 36 years ago, if you can believe that. Uh, starring Rocky, the Italian stallion, versus uh, Ivan Drago, the evil Russian boxer who is doping and doing all sorts of evilly things uh this movie was a huge success i think it was the one that made the most money out of the rocky films and stallone is back or with uh with a new director's cut edited it's only adding two minutes to the overall runtime but it's splicing in a lot of new footage or different cameras or different action sequences or stuff that was slightly rearranged uh, so, Rob, first of all, what do you make of the Rocky Four director's cut uh, from what you've uh, what you've been reading? And uh, that will lead us into the next part of our discussion. Well, I don't think it's like a earth shaking difference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Between, it does not appear uh, to be. The original version and this one. Um, and I'm perfectly content with the original version. I don't feel like there was anything left out or missing from that so it will be interesting to see what he deemed worthy to add or 
change or edit or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I really think the uh, original release of Rocky Four is pretty outstanding. Yeah. As it is. So I maybe might, might be a little more nervous than excited <laughs> about it to see what the differences are. And, and I'm, I, I'm intrigued to see if they make a real difference or not. So I guess we'll find out because I'm sure I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I watched especially three and four over and over and over again as, as a kid. And, but it has been a number of years since I've seen them. So I'm not sure if I would watch the director's cut now, if I would really, how much I would remember in terms of what they changed and what they didn't change. I'm not entirely sure if I would, if I would remember that super well. Yeah, you gotta watch, you gotta watch them back to back a little four by yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it is interesting. And I, what, what was your, is, is that your favorite one of the Rocky of the original Rocky uh, that's movies? My, that's my favorite by a lot. And five doesn't exist. Five, <laughs> five, five is in the same universe as Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. <laughs> uh-huh. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but actually the, uh, the, I thought the newer ones with um, uh, Michael B. Jordan have actually been really good as well. Mm. So yeah. I think they did a good job of redeeming themselves from what happened with Rocky five. Yeah. Um, I, I have to admit being a slight toss up, I really do like number four, but I was also a big fan of number three too. The whole clubber Lang, Mr. T uh, entrance in there. I, I thought it had a, uh, I thought it had a cool storyline about, you know, Rocky losing his confidence and, and having to find himself again, I think was, it was a cool, it was a cool storyline. So I, I think I would probably go back and forth between three and four. But like I said, it's been too long since I've seen him. So I would have to watch them again to see if I remember exactly which one was my favorite. Um, but this kind of leads me to an interesting discussion question that I, I want to spend a, for us to spend a, a few minutes on. Uh, this, this is kind of one of the series that kind of embodies like some, some quality 80s action movies. Uh, so I thought let's talk about what were what were some of the best and or your favorites uh, from the 80s action genre? Of course, you had the Rocky movies. There's so many choices to choose from. Uh, so talk a little bit. Let's go back and forth a little bit about uh, some of your some of what you think. And those are two different things, your best versus your favorite. You can say which whether you you personally are favorite or which ones you think are the best. Uh, from the 80s action genre. So what, what do you got? You got you got one that uh, one that you want to highlight? I think this is subjective for me because I don't think any of them are great. <laughs> this is true. The, the genre had, yeah. it had its own type of feel to it, you know? Like when I think of 80s action, I think like Lethal Weapon is what comes to my mind. Ah, uh, yes. Uh-huh. Mel Gibson and Danny Lover and just the absolute nonsense of those two people yeah and uh, the angry emo mel gibson <laughs> and serious just trying to get his job done danny glover oh man I, I i've watched all those movies for the first time like a year a year or two ago mm. and uh they're not good but they are uh <laughs> they're enjoyable to watch they're <laughs> that's how i feel yeah. about most 80s action movies not good but still fun to watch 
Yeah, it's interesting because 80s, I feel like 80s action movies were significantly more like outlandish character driven because there was just only so much you could do with the stunts. Uh, they didn't have all the computer technology and all the crazy things that we have now. So they were significantly more driven by outlandish characters. I feel like that was a good 80s action movie had to have an outlandish character. So I, I'm going straight to the Die Hard series on yeah. this one, with I, which I consider both best and favorite. Uh, and one of the favorites, uh, Bruce Willis is excellent, uh, especially the original Die Hard with Hans and, uh, and just the ridiculousness that was the Nakatomi Plaza struggle. Um, 80s action movie is embodied in Die Hard. I, I, I love Die Hard. Uh, but that, again, it's a very character-driven movie. The difference between uh, um, you have the, the, the cop that was helping out, uh, that was helping him out from the ground versus the bad guy villain, German villain. Uh, it, was, it was really, I just, I love, the Die Hard series was great. What else you got? I would also say, if uh, you haven't checked it out, watch... Um... Loaded Weapon, which is a parody mm. of the weapon starring Samuel L. Jackson and Emilio Estevez. Yes. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny to watch after you've watched the regular ones because you get all the references <laughs> to the genre. Um, I know this is like crossing over a little bit into the early 90s as well, but I love me some Terminator movies. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, like late 80s into the, yeah. the early 90s. But I think we can still qualify that as an 80s action oh, yeah. franchise to me, um, at mm-hmm. least. And probably James Cameron's like major first huge thing. I mean, Abyss was pretty cool, but um, Terminator was just a different level. And some of the effects in it, although not like mind blowing today, still hold up decently like they're not terrible and that's kind of speaks to how amazing they were when they came out yeah this is true it's true um the next one i would go with i don't this would not be a favorite of mine but i think a lot of people will associate this and it's another stallone property rambo Mm. i think the rambo movies are probably some of the better action movies from the genre um they're a little bit different in that there's there's it's they're less fun as it were i would say there's less fun associated with those movies it's more like dramatic and and terrorizing um you know you have a vietnam war vet uh who's struggling with a lot of that stuff so it was very timely in terms of its it's uh it was very much part of the time and what the thoughts were there. But uh, yeah, that was another big Stallone action series uh, to go with that people will probably associate very much with the, with the 80s action genre at Rambo. Yeah, and I would just say that going beyond that, there are just like a whole bunch of standalone mm. movies, like two movie sets like that were either straight action or mixed in a little comedy, like 48 Hours, one and two, yeah. um, things like that, that, like you said, they were all part of this just um, universe that was kind of 80s action movies. Mm-hmm. So if, you, uh, if you're ever bored, you won't run out of them for a while. Yeah, <laughs> if you start to run out of 
you had so many great characters there. You had Arnold, you had Stallone, you had Steven Seagal. Uh, who else was in there? Uh, Mel Jean-Claude Gibson. Van what was that? Jean-Claude Van Damme a little bit. John, yes, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Absolutely. Uh, that was, you know, Chuck Norris. You had some Chuck <laughs> Norris action flicks in there. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, yeah, so let's 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 go with let's go with Van Dam. Let's go with the Kickboxers. Mm. You had the, you had the you had three of the Kickboxer movies. That brings you more into the martial arts aspect of it. Uh, but Van Dam was just a physical freak. I mean, that dude was crazy, and uh, what he could do and and his his level uh, that made those made those movies. His his ability made those movies. So I'm going kickboxer, the kickboxer series in terms of uh, the best of the 80s action. Yeah, there's just there's too many to even discuss, and I just I've not seen enough of them to yeah <laughs> really expound on them as much. I know that you kind of went through a phase of watching like 80s, 90s crazy action. It was mostly movies. 90s. I did not get yeah. back too much in the 80s, but yeah, I need to. I maybe need to revisit some of these. Yeah. That might need to be an assignment. <laughs> yeah. The other one that came up and I was doing a little bit of research on this just to make sure I wasn't leaving something out that I completely forgot that that were because they started out kind of in the 70s. Like I just kind of never picked up on these were the Death Wish movies. Mm. There is a bunch of different Death Wish movies. And uh, and they they came out uh, during this time. Charles Bronson being being the the solo action hero of those days. Uh, so that was another, that was another big genre. Yeah. Steven Seagal didn't have a lot of like series ones, but he had a lot of individual movies, hard to kill and amongst other ones. And same thing with uh, Chuck Norris. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of like prime eighties action movies. Yeah. It's really interesting. The predator movies from, oh, yeah. from Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. In there, and alien, you could include that as well. What was that? Uh, alien, oh, yeah, uh, uh-huh. movies in space, and then they got together eventually. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, so lots of lots of interesting 80s, 80s uh, action series that goes on. Uh, so yeah, I just, it, I just think it's interesting because the more I look back on it, the more they were really like you had your big action star who had his really big unique character and that's what you built an action film around uh and and to see how that script definitely changed uh as you moved into the 90s and then with the computer age uh really really is interesting to see the development of action movies over the years all right well let's move on to our watch list these are films that we watched over the past week and we'll give you a brief rundown on them and what we thought so, Rob, what'd you watch this week? So, I watched Eternals, and I'm not going to say too much about it because Ryan has not seen it yet. Um, but, like I said, uh, the basic overview of it I would give is that it's really like a high concept Marvel movie. Like, it, it sets this whole new universe for us because there are these beings that have been around forever and have been told to not interfere in um, human affairs, to let things go. And it turns out that things are not exactly what they seem. And I like, I like how this movie twists because um, 
usually in a superhero movie, it's everyone trying to save the world is the idea. It's obviously what we have with the Avengers. And this is not that. And I'm not going to say too much more. But I, I think they did a really good job in this movie of creating, establishing, and making believable a conflict. And I think it had probably more emotional gravitas than um, many of the other Marvel movies have mm. um, have had to this point. So I, I really want to see it again just because it was a beautiful movie and I really enjoyed all those aspects of it. And it is uh, it's like a long, dramatic movie too. So uh, okay. it's not your hour and a half long Venom uh, sit down, get in, get out <laughs> kind of movie at all. Um, so I definitely recommend checking out Eternals. And like I said um, earlier, I'm going to go see Clifford, the big red dog tonight. So, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, I, I, I didn't get to theaters, but I was able to catch uh, to watch a couple movies this past week. Uh, one of them was, of course, V for Vendetta, because last week was November 5th. So. Got to remember the 5th of November. So watched uh, V for Vendetta. And uh, yeah, continues to continues to be a fascinating movie. And uh, I enjoy it every time I watch it for different reasons. It seems to have a different resonance with me when I watch it again. Uh, And the second one was Ender's Game. I got to rewatch Ender's Game. It's been a while since I watched that one. Uh, And uh, I really thought it was interesting in Ender's Game how they have you seen this one? Uh-huh. Okay. How how they set up the world of of child exploitation. I think I think it's really interesting how they set that up and how they justify that. It, it was really, really interesting. I love the development as end of Ender as a character and as a leader, but to watch that butt up against uh, the manipulation is is one of the more fascinating elements of that movie. Uh, how he interacts with the adults and how how despite his advanced age, the adults uh, around him uh, still manipulate him. It's it's really a fascinating story, based on the Orson Scott Card novel. By the way, speaking of Clifford, uh, did you read the Clifford books when you were a kid? Yes. Yeah, I did too. I really, I remember really liking them as a kid. That and Curious George and the oh, Boxcar yeah. Children books. And the, the Hardy kids. Boys for me too, a little bit. See, I never read the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never got into that so for whatever Nancy reason. Drew. Not so much Nancy Drew though. Yeah, no, I didn't do the Nancy Drew ones. Chronicles yeah. of Narnia, I did those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Clifford books were great. I was a nerd too, so I liked Lord of the Rings, even even when I was a younger kid, probably like 10, 11. I was already reading Lord of the Rings. I didn't pick those up until much later. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't have them as a kid as much as I had like the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh well. It's all good. Uh, so we'll close out the show today by recommending a another Stallone movie. What is another Stallone movie? that people should watch uh, outside of the Rocky genre? Um, I would say um, the Expendables movies are what I would recommend because mm. it's, to me, it's the definitive uh, 2000s to early 2010s uh, group 
gets together and causes mayhem kind of movie like every action stars in these movies yeah and i love how they bridge the gap between like the 80s 90s and current um action stars and they're all in it and uh it's they're funny and ridiculous and over the top and kind of i guess almost parody that it's almost a parody of itself <laughs> but i i enjoy um like i say when i go to action movies a lot of time i like to go to turn my mind off and there's no series that I think epitomizes that more than the expendables yeah and they're just fun to watch <laughs> and they're stupid so i recommend them yeah so i'm going to go with we were talking about 80s action movies i'm going to go to an entrance that qualifies as a 90s sci-fi action classic <laughs> as it were and go with judge dread from 1995 oh, yeah. oh yeah this is this is this is something. i am this the law i am the law <laughs> I mean, it's got classic Stallone. Even though it's his character is supposed to be understated, like you really get you really get the Stallone going in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's That's great. Amazing. It's great Stallone. How much you can act with a mask on? Like yes, not in that movie, but also in the remake with Carl Urban. Like it's yes. amazing how how much he acted with a mask on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, classic, classic mid '90s ridiculous sci-fi action movie. Uh, gotta love Judge Dredd. All right, well, that is the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to Film for Fans. As we said earlier, rate, subscribe, and tell your friends about the podcast. And check out FilmForFans.com, where we've got lots of other articles and content for your movie enjoyment. Until next time, enjoy the movies. <laughs>